Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Nigel Fraser. So, hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for those, um, every person here, Lord, that's been meeting with you today. Thank you, Lord, for the four people, Lord, who've just come forward for receiving tongues. I uh, just praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting that um, when we were in Africa last time, uh, we had uh, in Burundi, uh, we had uh, 12 pastors and vicars come forward for the first time to receive um, the gift of tongues. And, um, you know, we, and, and it was just a tremendous move of God. There was a tremendous move of the Holy Spirit. And very, very powerful encounter of God. This went on for one or two hours. And after that, you just don't care about the teaching. You know? So that, that's just God. When God comes and takes over, that's, that's the most important. And uh, 2018, wonderful opportunity for all of us. It's, it's a new year. It's a clean sheet of paper. And we can draw a new picture for God. We, we, can, we can start completely fresh this year. You know, forget about 2017, the good points and the bad points. It's it's gone. It's gone forever. But 2018 is your opportunity. So if 2017 hasn't gone well for you, don't worry about it. 2018 is your your year. And the word that God gave me, and I I love simple preaching, because I actually think in a very simple manner. Um, So sometimes... um, so I've got one word for 2018. Relationship. Relationship. And specifically, relationship with God. Um, that's the word for 2018. It's going to be a beautiful year. It's going to be, it's an opportunity to get close to God. Relationship to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the scriptures I've got for God, is the, the main one is Luke chapter 10. The very well-known story of Mary and Martha. It's not a difficult one to understand. Don't worry. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. And I'm going to read it out from the Amplified Version. Now, while they're on their way, so that's Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, while they're on their way, it's occurred that Jesus entered a certain village. And a woman named Martha received and welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary, who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Mary, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister's left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me, to lend a hand and do her part along with me. But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. There's need of only one, or but a few things. Mary's chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, if you look at most interpretations of this story, I think they've actually missed the point. There's actually, um, Mary's always lifted up as the hero of the story. She's the one that sat at the feet of Jesus, and um, people tend to denigrate Martha in, in this story. But actually, Martha is a real hero. And, um, you know, if you have a look at it, she was, uh, they're both heroes, but particularly Martha. She had a house. She welcomed Jesus into a house. 
She had the gift of hospitality. It was her home. She opened up the doors. And probably um, she would have got the whole entourage of G- that was going around with Jesus. It's a complete Jewish culture. Asian and African culture is completely different to British and European culture, particularly Northern European culture. Our idea of getting people around for a bit of hospitality is put a kettle on, open up a packet of biscuits and hand them around. In, if you go to, and I was talking to one of my Asian colleagues recently, I said, how many people are coming to your daughter's wedding? 100? No. 200? No. 500? I've got to feed them all. Yeah, and I've got to hotel some of them. I've got to look after the whole lot. They're my responsibility. And in Asian culture, African culture, Jewish culture, and this woman, when she's opening up her house, it's not just opening, going into the cupboard, taking out the packet of biscuits, putting the kettle on and getting them all in, and then they go away after an hour or two. They're there properly. And they will expect everything to be looked after, feet washed and everything. And um, so, so she's, she's taken on a, ma- a major, major, major role. So you can understand how she's going to relate to... Um, Mary in the story now when I was growing up from the age of 40 to the age of 24 I lived in a Jewish area and when, they, when the Jews had a night and, and our neighbour lived across the road whenever they had an evening and all their Jewish community would come the entire road was filled with cars every conceivable place you can imagine it was filled with BMWs, Mercedes every kind of car you can imagine they were just there out in force and, that's, and, and then they would go along to somebody else's house and presume the whole road that where they went to would be filled with cars now obviously Jesus didn't come with hundreds and hundreds of cars but there would be lots of disciples and people following him and, uh, and so she, she's obviously a, a bit cheesed off that Mary's just sat there at Jesus' feet just listening to the teaching when she's uh, running around doing all this cooking and everything else she's doing and no wonder she's starting to hit a stress zone and this can happen in ministry. There can be a point where your, your service actually becomes unbalanced. You're serving God, which is absolutely brilliant. But you, you can cross this red line. You can cross this line where you've entered into, um, into stress. And that's what's happened with her. And at that point, then you, you just start to see red. Things look negative, And she just sees Mary in a negative light. But... Because she'd opened up a house to the Son of God, Mary has an encounter. This is, she's the one that really met with God because she received God news the situation to break into her life and bring her out of stress into, into relationship. Yeah? He, he showed her what Mary was doing. But she's sitting at her feet receiving. Just give up all the stress. And... She, so really, in terms of transformation of lives that day, Martha was the one that really met with God. She, she, uh, what a wonderful thing, when you let go of stress, when you've been carrying a burden that God never intended you to carry, and you lay it down, and you, you, you come into a place of peace. Yeah. Uh, see, service is good. Service is brilliant. And if you look at the Bible in its context, this passage of Mary and Martha actually follows the Good Samaritan. So Jesus isn't against service. Jesus is really into service. But he's saying, get it in balance. Get it right. Yeah, It's brilliant to serve God, but I want want balance here. Um, There's need of only one, but a few things. Mary's chosen a good portion. That point. I believe that Mary had that encounter, she laid down all stress, switched off the cooker, 
sat down, received from God, and I'm sure that everyone um, got stuck in and came and helped her out when she needed it. Yeah. You know, um, Paul was mentioning, it's interesting that Paul was saying the same kind of thing when he was talking earlier on. He was saying something, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Yeah? So if there's one thing for 2018, it's seek a relationship with God. Yeah? Then doesn't mean you're going to be a lazy person just sat down on the floor while everybody else is running around working. You're going to get a life in balance. Actually, your work will become much effect- more effective. Your service will take on a power, an anointing. Yeah? Uh, you know, um, I, remember, I don't know if Paul remembers, but there's a preacher that came to uh, uh, Rothy, um, Peter Youngren, in 2007. <clears throat> and Peter Youngren had a, a sermon, it was entitled, The Do Nothing Club. And, uh, and I thought, oh, brilliant. <laughs> you know, I like that. John 5, verse 19, do nothing. Of myself, I can do nothing. I can only do what I see my Father in heaven doing. Yeah? But then Peter, but then I thought about it after a few years, a penny dropped. <laughs> I, sat, I thought, I'm going to sit down. And do, you know, Peter Youngman was charging around the globe. Uh, people doing mission after mission after mission, evangelistic crusades. Very, very busy man. But he was, he, the, mess, the, the point was, you know, do nothing of your own self. Get in relationship with God, see what God is doing, and then do the same things as he's doing. Yeah? So if you want to join a do nothing, it means do nothing of yourself. It doesn't mean just sit there uh, doing nothing. Uh, Jesus, he's actually, if you look at to Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Now some of you, you've got to the end of 2017 and you're frazzled. I believe there's people here today, you need to meet with God. There's an emptiness, there's confusion, there's need for healing. There's stuff been going on in your life in 2017. Well, this is a word for you. Come unto me, all you who labour and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I'll ease, relieve, and refresh your souls. Yeah. God wants to, he sees where you're at. Your need isn't for more activity, your need isn't for more doing, rushing around. Your, your need is, is, is to receive from God. And God wants to break in there and wants to top you up, yeah? He wants to, to get rid of the confusion, get rid of the doubt, get rid of the emptiness and bring in life. Hallelujah. This is what he was doing with Martha. It, this woman, she was heavy laden, she was overburdened, she was stressed, she was confused, she, she was upset, and God break in. That may be you this morning, and God wants you to start off 2018 in the right way. Take my yoke upon you. You see, what God gives you to do, he supernaturally enables you to do. I find when I go on mission, I don't care how far it is. I don't care how fast it is, I've got to go. I don't care how busy it gets because there's a grace and an anointing on my life. Yeah? When I go on that, um, ep, when I went on the last mission, this is what happened to me, right? I had um, um, a chest infection, had back pain, 
And, but the moment I stepped into the airport, the pain just vanished. I, and my brother, who's a spinal specialist, said, you should not be travelling to Africa in the state that you're in. You're going to get into trouble. You'll end up with pneumonia, you'll end up this, that and the other. And he was telling me that the day before. Do not go on that mission. But I went on the mission and the pain disappeared. I didn't have a trace of pain on the plane. I didn't have a trace. In fact, in Africa, I, would, I was doing better than I was doing in the UK. That is the grace of God. When you're doing what God has called you and anointed you to do, there's the grace and anointing and enabling. And, and you can serve. When you try and do what God hasn't called you to do, it's like you're trying to wade through treacle. Yeah? But the only way you're going to find out what God has called you to do is by getting back into relationship with him. Yeah? And finding out what God's called you to do. You see, there's a yoke that fits perfectly. God designed you. He knows who he made you to be. He's put together your personality, your character, your abilities and your giftings. And he's chosen you. There's not one of us that's better than another one. We can evaluate people according to our little uh, way of evaluating things. But God has made you. And when you line yourself up, when you find who you are in Christ, um, there's a rest and you will be effective. It says, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm gentle. I'm humble. This is Jesus' relationship with you. He's, he's gentle. He's not a hard taskmaster. He's not driving you. You will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp or pressing, but comfortable, gracious and pleasant. My burden is light and easy to be borne. And, that, and that's the thing, you see. We're after service, we're after effectiveness, but we're after doing the right stuff, aren't we? Um, you know, um, so there's Martha, she's been likened to Peter, Mary's been likened to, to John, sitting at the feet of Christ, but actually, really, they both came to the same place in the end, didn't they? Um, so the scripture I've, um, I've got, um, in James 4 verse 8, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. How do you build? We're talking about relationship with God. How do you build a relationship with God? Well, it's simple. You're not, if you don't ever spend time with somebody, you're never going to get to know them, are you? Yeah? You can't just say, well, I spent some time with him about ten years ago, so I, I, I just remember what it was like. No, you've got, it's got to be fresh. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. That's James 4, verse 8. Very simple. If I want to get to know Paul, I've got to spend time with him. If I want to, know, to get to know um, Adrian, I've got to spend time with him. Um, you know, it says, what stops you spending time with God? What are the things that stop you? Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who's heard the word, but the worries of this life... The deceitfulness of wealth choked the word, making it unfruitful. You know, um, what are the thorns? What is, what's the stuff that's stopping you meeting with God? Um, you, see, you see, what is it that God's trying to protect you in life? It's the word. Yeah. It's the word of God. There's the word of God inside of you. That's, that's the basis of the life inside of you. Amen. Amen. Um, but it's worries and deceitfulness of other things that come in and choke it. But um, 
But if the word gets choked, you, you die. There's nothing happening in, in your life. But for the person who's planted in good soil, that word goes on and, and it produces 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold for what it was intended. And God's called us to be super productive. But it's all from relationship. So God's saying to me, he said, you've got to get rid of the stumbling blocks in our lives. Now there's some things that actually stop us entering into relationship with God. And one of the things is unforgiveness. If you've got business this morning against somebody else, then it's time, it's a new year, it's a time to get rid of it. Put behind the pain of what they've done to you. Put behind the judgment that you feel towards that person. Put behind the criticism. God says, do not touch my anointed. Do not touch, you know, don't speak ill against people. It's a year to put gossip behind you. Get rid of those character traits that actually, that actually stop and quench the Holy Spirit working in your life. And um, it's such an easy thing. It's, 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 if you want God desperately enough, you've got to get rid of everything on the horizontal level that's stopping you coming into contact with him. Yeah? And um, you've got to have a clean slate. It's a new year time for a, a new relationship and I think he's talking to people that there's some stumbling blocks in quite a lot of lives here which need to be, need to be removed uh, get rid of bad attitudes these are the kind of things and cultivate the good stuff in your life one of the things is when you come to church this is where the presence as we gather together as a community of believers this is where the presence of God is and there's a scripture which says in, in Hebrews 10 verses 25, it says, Do not neglect meeting together. When you come together, in the pe- uh, as a, we come together, the people of God, there's a, the, it says, Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I stand amongst them. Yeah? God is here in, in, in the midst of us. And uh, as we come to these services, it's an opportunity to receive life from God. Um, God is it's a place of healing. It's a place of restoration. It's a high point. And we have to maximise the number of high points in our life. And, um, you know, the navigators used to have four, point, uh, four ways of a meeting with God. They, they used to say uh, the four ways in which to strengthen your life are prayer, um, the word of God, witnessing, and meeting together with other believers. And, and these are things... Um, you know, I, we don't take it as rule and regulation, but a good guidance. Uh, and I find as I come here, came here this morning, I, I'm just being topped up with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you don't even feel what God is doing in your life. But it's actually things are dropping off, have been removed from your life, which, which shouldn't be there. Um, so, getting the mountaintop experiences. But it's not enough just to depend upon the church to have that relationship with God. What are you doing in your own daily life with God that's, that's cultivating that relationship? Um, and I, it, it's spending time with God on a daily basis um, with Him. It's starting the day with God. Finishing the day with God. Amen, amen. Should be your first thought as you wake up in the morning. 
should be about God is, is, is getting into a place, getting back into that anointing. You know, it, it talks about in Psalm 91, um, coming underneath the shadow of the wing of the Almighty. I mean, I, I remember when I was in Indonesia once, and this is around the time of Osman bin Laden, he was kicking off, and, and, I, was, and I was there. And, and I went on a one-man mission, very sensible thing to do, and, uh, particularly in a Muslim country. And, and I was there on this mission, and um, at night time I could hear all these, uh, uh, what I thought were explosions going off, bing, bang, bang, everywhere. It wasn't even November the 5th. And the, the following, and I thought, oh no. Um, so I got out Psalm 91, and, and I got underneath the shadow of the wing almighty. And, and I thought all these Muslims were going crazy. They're going, to, they're going to do anything. Anything could happen. And then the following day, I came down and found out there were just fireworks. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, so I've been prepared to meet my maker, but I didn't need to waste the time, you know. So, um, but, it's, but actually, on a daily basis, we, we, need to, uh, um, we need to come in the presence of God. Start your day on a high point. You know, why live below? When you can live above your circumstances. Yeah? Before you even get out of your bedroom door, you should be above. Already start the day walking victory. Might only take you 10 or 15 minutes to get in the presence of God. But what a massive difference it does. You set up your day right. Yeah? Um, you're in the anointing. You're under the cover. You're in the flow of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, you, you, know, and then you, you, you get back from home in the evening. What do you do? It wears a remote control. You know? And switch, switch, switch it on and watch the telly all evening. You know, particularly over Christmas, you, you end up watching stuff you'd no, never normally watch. And, and, and I tend to find is, is then you get the quiet voice of the Holy Spirit, should you really be watching somebody blowing other people away all the time on, in these action movies? And, and, and you sort of tend to ignore the voice. But really, um, we should watch, uh, we should be careful what we allow ourselves to be exposed to. Yeah. Um, what you go to sleep on is actually going to affect you spiritually as you sleep and as you wake up the following day. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, why not spend time? It's good to have a bit of fun and watch a bit of telly and, you know, have a bit of entertainment. But it's a time when, when the Holy Spirit says, no, I actually want you to spend some time with me. Yeah. Yeah, pick up a Christian book, play some Christian music, just, just receive from me, just spend time. I want, God wants relationship. Yeah, he wants relationship with you just as more than you want relationship with him. He wants to draw into your presence. Yeah, spend time with you. Uh, and if we're filling our, filling our minds with immorality or swearing and blasphemy and violence and just general stupidity, I mean, I was watching Dumb and Dumber, and after about twenty minutes, I thought, "Is this really doing me any good?" <laughs> so, what, what am I guessing out of this, you know? And you see these two guys, you know, just careering down some American high, freeway in a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of funeral hearse. <laughs> you know, and it, it just got ridiculous. So I uh, uh, just switched the channel. You know, listen to that voice of conscience. Um, switch off the television. If, if you, when you meet with God, it actually, he enters your whole being and changes things. Um, Jesus, he, he draws, he set a great example. You know, before his day of ministry, he'd get up very early, way before meeting with people, go off into a quiet place, meet with God, 
And he came back with authority, he came back with anointing, and the miracles started happening all around him. Uh, a tremendous example. And how do we build in? You know, you, you, you get your own <coughs> daily quiet time, but it needs to also be more than that. Are you setting aside time each year to have um, major encounters with God? Because they're out there waiting to, for you to enter into. Yeah? I, I don't think it's just for people who go on missions. I think there are major encounters with God there for every one of us. Um, you know, we need these mountaintop experiences. You can have a mountaintop experience just in your own house. Amen. Spending, taking a day off. Just spend the day. Right, I'm going to spend the day with God today. You may not know how to do it, but take your Bible there. You know, just have a quiet time, put the kettle on, brew up, go and sit in your lounge, do what you want to do, just wander around, spend a day with God. Get your notebook out, listen to what he's going to say to you. God will be delighted, God will meet with you. Yeah. But it's, it's a relationship needs to be cultivated. The more often you do it, the, the better you become at it. Become at it. But God's there, he's waiting. And you can say some wonderful, some encouragement, he'll come and comfort you. You know, you'll come and take the stress out of your life. You, you'll receive healing. Uh, it's wonderful. I, I find, what's the wonderful thing about missions? When you go on mission, uh, and this is one thing I do, is, is you, the whole time is just God, 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 God. You, you, you go in there, you're having to get ready because you know there's a conference waiting where you're going to be speaking at. You need to be ready to, to deliver the word. So you're already on, on, on the plane. You, you, you're suddenly pulling out your Bible. You, you're blowing the dust off. <laughs> you know, I'm joking. joking. And, and you're opening it and you're finding some stuff that you're going to teach on. And then you, you're getting prayed up and you, and you get there. But there's anointing actually it comes on you. And you're living anointing. God's giving you revelation. You're speak, God's speaking to you and you're just giving out what God, God is doing. And then you, um, you're having times of ministry. And you're going from day to day to day. God does everything he wants you to do. Then you come home at the end of the mission. You've had one week when you've just focused on God. And your life has gone up a level, spiritually. You've actually moved up in God. You've, moved, you've been transformed from degree of glory to degree of glory. You could, another way of having mountaintop experiences, going on a conference. You know, God's telling you to go there. Go to the church conference. You come along for two, three, four days, whatever. Um, it's a time when you're going to meet with God. Um, you've got your little notebook, you've got your Bible. You know at the end of that time, you've gone up a level. You've had a mountaintop experience. You've received the word of God for you. But you've got to be active. You've got to say, God, what are you saying to me? What is the word of the Lord for me today? Um, in fact, you should be doing that every quiet time, every, time, every day with God. What is the word of the Lord for me today? Because God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Um, there's another mountaintop experience. Get involved with some practical stuff in the church. You know, when the church goes out doing an, 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 an evening in evangelism, you will f- be amazed how God will take you. F- oh, I can't possibly do that. You'll be amazed how God enables you to do stuff before. You know, go with Alan and Anna to do some stuff for the drug addicts. You know, it's, uh, find something to get involved in. J- join one of the church projects. Um, as you do these, you'll have mountaintop experiences and you will grow. Yeah? Because if you are a Christian that only ever receives from God, but you're never giving out, you become like the Dead Sea. You're forever receiving in, but there's nothing ever flowing out of your life. There's got to be, to be a healthy, balanced Christian life, there's got to be receiving from God 
and giving out. Yeah, you run into problems if you're not receiving enough, which is not having a relationship with God. But you run into problems if you're not doing anything with it. Yeah, uh, it's got to go somewhere. Uh, you know, Jesus would take time. He'd have these really special encounters with God. Mount of Transfiguration. Took the disciples up. They meet with Moses and Elijah. Come down from heaven. And there's Jesus and his two disciples. And that was a, a, the hear the, the audible voice of God. Now, how no, there could be people here today. There could be quite a number of people here today that could hear the audible voice of God if you put yourself in the right place with him. There could be people here today that could have Mount of Transfiguration experiences. Why not? Because Jesus said, um, greater things than I have done, you will do. Yeah? Um, look at Moses. He went up to Mount Sinai. He saw the glory of God. Look at Elijah. He saw the earthquake. He saw whatever. But he heard the still, quiet voice of God on the mountain. See, the mountains aren't necessarily physical places. They, they are, it's symbolic. Going up to the high place of God. I always, I, I learnt one useful lesson that I've learnt over the years of being a Christian. Make your decisions from a high point. Don't make your decisions from a low point. Yeah? So if you're making a life-changing major decision, am I moving, am I going to change whatever, anything in your life, um, meet with God. Don't make it from a place of confusion, frustration, disappointment and negativity. First of all, get right with God, meet with God, and then make whatever decisions you're going to make in life. Yeah? And, and then you know, then you're confident, you're then moving forward on a solid, on a solid place. So this is relationship with God. So I've got a question for you. Um, I want you to look at um, all of you. Let's look at two scriptures for me. Matthew 11 verse 28 and James 4 verse 8. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And the question I've got, I've got two questions for you. Is what helps you draw close to God? That's question number one. What helps you draw close to God? And question number two, what hinders you drawing close to God? I want you to spend about three or four minutes just reflecting on those two questions. And spend longer, you can do it again at home when you get home when you've got more time. So I'm just going to leave you for three or four minutes. Just have a... Well, praise God. John, if you could put those two scriptures and the two questions on the Kingdom Faith Yorkshire Facebook page, so that if, if you missed it or you want to check it again later, uh, go to the Kingdom Faith Yorkshire Facebook page and there they will be for you. Okay, good two questions to ponder as we go into the new year. Well, praise God. It was great for God to come to our first service of the year. <laughs> I know he's here every time, but it was definite presence of God. A great word this morning to send us off into the new year on relationship. Amen. Amen. 
It was really good as, uh, as uh, someone that used to be very involved with the navigators. It was good to be reminded of prayer, word, <coughs> witnessing and fellowship. Four absolutely key things. If you want to know Jesus, they are four. If you don't pray, you won't know God like you can. It's just, there's just no other way. You have to be a person of prayer, both talking to him and listening to him. And that takes time. If you want to know God further, you, you need to know his word because that's how he will often speak to you. He'll just, it's like sometimes he draws a highlighter across the page and you know that bit of scripture, especially for you. So you've got to be into the word. It's no good saying, oh, I'm not going on very well with God and you're not praying and you're not reading the word. Witnessing, people sort of think, oh, I don't know if I, I like that idea. Witnessing, what does that mean? It means meeting people who are not Christians because you'll discover God in them. Because God's not waiting for you to go. He's already there with people that don't yet know him. A certain prophet found God in the voice of a donkey. So he will certainly use the people around you to speak to you. You you know, non-Christians can prophesy to you and you don't know it. You'll just hear the voice of God. Witnessing is us being out there. We've not got to go on mission. We're on mission. We've got to be on mission wherever we are. Where, Where is it you work, Tony? An engineering firm in Bridge. That's his mission field. We're on mission. We just have to be. When, when Nigel goes to Africa, we admire his faith, and we do. And we respect what he's doing. But he's doing what God's called him to do. We do what God's called us. That's our mission. Witnessing, meeting other people. And finally, uh, as he said, fellowship. You'll, you will learn about Jesus through one another. There was once an ear. Ear called Stephen. Uh, And Stephen was a bit depressed because he wasn't really sure what he was here for. (sighs) And so Stephen Stephen thought, you know, what I really need to do is is to climb up to the top of Mount Everest and there I will discover what I really am. And he climbed all the way up to the top of Everest and he he decided it isn't here. And he went to the bottom of the sea and he read books and he did all kinds of things and it just wasn't here. And finally he gave back and he went back to where he'd come from and got back on the side of the head. And suddenly he realised that's what he was here for. We're all part of the body. You won't discover God just by yourself. You have to discover God in the body. And here on its own is no good. So listen here and discover what you are in the body. All right, have a great week. It's great to see you all. There's no God encounter this week. We start again soon. Be totally blessed. Enjoy your coffee. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.